Oh no, where's the? Hmm, I can't find it. I can't find it anywhere. Oh no, what are you looking for? The mailbag. The mail? You lost the mailbag? I don't. I thought you had the mailbag. But you had one job. I thought. I thought you had the mailbag. That was last week. That was last time. That was like three weeks ago. I don't know what we're supposed to do. What do you want me to do? Wait a minute. Let's see. Daisy, do you have the mailbag? Daisy. Daisy had the mailbag. Hello, I'm Sam Logan. Katie's here with me. Hi. And Daisy. Always. Here on the podcast, The Story Is. The podcast where we talk about the past, the present, and the personal. And in our discussion, we normally talk about stories. This time around, we are back again with a mailbag. And we're answering your questions. And we'll also be answering questions that we posted that you were so nice to answer as well. So, without further ado, let's open up that mailbag. Let's do it. Okay. Ah, okay. And Daisy's going to be doing some calisthenics. <laughs> so, all right. So, our first question is very relevant. How is... <laughs> Uh, this is great. How is it living with a cat and a dog in an apartment? <laughs> Daisy's going to answer that one. Well, this is a perfect illustration. Yes. It's uh, never a dull moment. It's very calm. Yeah, calm all the time. Yes. Yeah, it's really uh, completely uneventful. Yeah, it's kind of like it's like living in a day spa. <laughs> Just so relaxing. Well, okay, so how is it living with a cat and a dog in an apartment? I mean, luckily our apartment is not super tiny. No. So we do have a little bit of space, which helps. Yeah, the cat has his own room. And then we, we, have, we have enough space that we can split them up if it gets too rowdy. But the cat's seven years old, so I've had him for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, as I'm sure all the listeners can tell, the dog requires constant attention. Constant. She's like a little baby. She's currently just chewing on my hand. Yes, she is. I can verify that. Trying to get me to stop paying attention to you Mm -hmm. and to pay attention to her instead. Yes. And yes, she's very... She is very people-centric like most dogs are and demands a lot of our attention, which is also really nice when you get home and she's always excited to see you and she's also really excited to see me right after I've taken the trash out (laughs) I've been gone for literally two minutes I come back and Daisy is thrilled as if I've been gone for a month (laughs) and just so excited to see me and greet me yes which makes me feel appreciated oh yeah first thing in the morning the first thing first thing in the morning Daisy is at her best (laughs) because it is the one time of the day she listens to what I say I get ready for the morning, and then I give her a little pet on the head, and I point towards the front door, and she takes off down the hallway, and we go, we meet at the front door, and I put on her harness, and I walk her before I go, and it's the one time she listens to me. <laughs> she has me in hysterics right now, <laughs> having a hard time paying attention. It's, she's very constant in her demands. <laughs> So yeah, and it's also a, um, it's an experiment, 
because we have a cat and a dog, and they get along like cats and dogs. <laughs> but there are times also when I find them in the room, you know, without either one of us, and they're just sitting in a room calmly by themselves. And then <laughs> if I walk by, they look at me like, oh no, they, he caught us, yeah. and start fighting. Yep. Oh yeah. Like, oh, we've got, we've got to live up to the stereotype. We have to keep, keep up. We gotta keep appearances. We gotta keep appearances, and one smacks the other, or Daisy just starts barking, and they start fighting. Yeah. But I think they do actually do like each other, but they demand a lot of each other too. Much like Daisy's <laughs> demanding of your left hand. Ouch. <laughs> Next question: uh, What was your most embarrassing moment? Oh my goodness, how am I supposed to choose? I know, that's the thing. I know I have at least two that I'm going to talk about. Uh, oh would, no. Would you like me to go yeah, first? Yeah, you need to go first. Because I have, I, I mean, I have plenty of, of embarrassing things in adulthood, but those things are in what I call the vault of shame, uh-huh. and I am not about to open that vault. Okay. <laughs> that's not coming open. Um, but I have plenty of things um, in my childhood um, and both these stories have to do with my body failing me. Oh, no. Um, the first one, my, I, if I remember correctly, I was at a, it was kind of, I think it was like a, I think like a trade show that also had like, um, like rides outside. I think I was in like, the, like a, over at like the Cow Palace or something like that. And because my dad, I believe, had a, uh, a booth there. And so we were there, uh, for the day, um, and because he was there, it was a booth there for his, for his business. And, you know, on a break, we were walking around and we, you know, we rode some rides. And it wasn't like we rode anything crazy. We rode a, it was like a, a small Ferris wheel. I think I was like 14 at the time. Um, it was a hot day. I just rode the Ferris wheel and it went, you know, up and down, you know, like Ferris wheels do mm-hmm. in a circular motion. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a giant Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. And I was okay. I got off the Ferris wheel. And I think it was a hot day. I can't remember what I had to eat that day. Probably maybe some strange hot dog. Probably, yeah. And then I got on another ride. Another ride that wasn't all that crazy. If I remember correctly, it was it was like a bus. It was like a small bus that goes up and down and kind of a little side to side. Oh, I know that ride, yes. Yes like the yellow submarine exactly sitting in it and it goes around yeah but it's pretty it's it's pretty calm right it's not that crazy there's so many other crazy rides out there so i got on i sat on the i sat at the back of the bus and i was next to the window and it started going up and down and up and down and i was not feeling good and i think my brother was in the bus too he was i think towards the front and my dad was down on the ground watching us. And I started leaning and my head out. Can imagine what your dad looked up to see? Well, I was leaning my head out the window, and he could tell that I didn't look well. Uh-huh. And I was about ready to blow, and and my dad yells at the, the, the guy who runs the ride going, Hey, you better, you better get out of the way. And he looks up and sees me blowing chunks, and the guy just leaps over the platform that he's on. Like, ah! 
in some great stuntman like motion. Oh, cause I just and you just lost it. All I over the lost ride. I lost my chunks, and thankfully that carney I think got out of the way. Oh, good. But it was. He doesn't get paid enough to uh, <sighs> to end up with. No. And I wonder how many times in his career he's had that happen. I don't know. Probably enough. Uh, yeah, I think he. I I think he probably has had it happen before because he had the motion down. He was out. He was out of there. But I remember him still being alarmed by it because I can. I mean, this is probably like uh, I don't know, seventeen, eighteen years ago. I can still hear the scream. <laughs> Over my own scream of barfing, and I do remember my dad yelling, "Hey, look out!" He was looking out for him. Yeah, so that's one that I have. Did you have one you'd like to share? I mean, thinking back over my life, I have so many mm-hmm. embarrassing moments. And I, it's, it's hard to choose, but, you know, your story makes me think back to the time that I had um, food poisoning oh. when I was in college. And when you're in college, you have no choice but communal bathrooms. Yeah. You know, so you're just you're just riding the uh, the porcelain bus, <laughs> driving the porcelain bus with an audience. With uh, you know, yeah, people coming in and out and asking Aww. you what's wrong, and you have to answer the question <laughs> over and over again, Aww. and there's just nothing you can do. You've no control over it. Nope. And nowhere to go. Nope. And just communal bathroom. I mean, like. Wow, yeah, that sounds like an episode of Girls. Everybody. That sounds awful. Has embarrassing stories. And then I think of a trip I took. I took a group trip, and um, and we were talking about feeling embarrassed and self-conscious. And somebody I was on the trip with, he was probably in his early 20s, and he said that he decided... Um, a few years back that he was not going to feel embarrassed anymore. (laughs) He said, he said something along the lines of what an absolutely useless emotion. Everybody feels it. Everybody understands it. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you're going to be embarrassed by something, just move on. Just move on. Just move on. Oh, I should have done that. He said, I stopped feeling embarrassed. If you're sick, you're sick. Don't feel embarrassed about it. If you're so sick that you throw up, you're so sick you throw up. Mm-hmm. You threw up. You, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Offer to help clean. There's nothing to feel embarrassed about. You didn't do anything wrong. That's real. That and he had decided and continued to live by it. Yeah. That he doesn't feel embarrassed anymore. He has decided not to. That's a... That's pretty good because that's usually like my go-to move in any situation. Same. I will feel embarrassed. And I thought that was so unbelievably wise for this young man in his earlier mid-twenties. Yeah. So wise and so hard to... I, I wouldn't be able to pull that off. And I wake up embarrassed. You know, and I spent nearly two weeks in this group with, with him and, mm-hmm. and watched him live by this. And it was true. He wasn't faking it. He wasn't just trying to convince himself that he didn't feel... He truly lived that. It was amazing. Wow. That's downright empowering. Isn't that cool? That is really cool. 
I wish I could be that person. Oh, I... I would love to never feel embarrassed again, but... Oh, yeah. I just always feel like I put my foot in my mouth. Like... (coughs) Excuse me. When you ask for something embarrassing... I mean, I, I can think of being embarrassed so many times in my life. I can't call... I can't call up one particular example specifically Mm -hmm. but i would say a majority of those moments are putting my foot in my mouth yes oh you you remind me another situation that i can't say out loud because again it's in the vault of shame (laughs) that i think i've told you in real life that i will not bring up um on here because oh too much but i will bring up is another time when my body failed me (laughs) in college this time in an assembly um, where it was this, uh, it, it was in chapel. The entire student body is there, and we're sitting in these chairs uh, listening to a speaker speak. And I don't think I had either, I don't, maybe I didn't, maybe I hadn't slept well the day before, or maybe I hadn't ate well. But I was just sitting there um, in the middle of, in the middle of this row, a bunch of, you know, and this is everybody, everybody's there. This is a gymnasium full of people, and I start not feeling well. And I know what you're thinking. Did I throw up? No. No, I didn't. <laughs> what I started to do was faint like there's nobody's business. Oh. I was, I, I started falling asleep, and I was, and I ended up falling asleep in this chair, just this, you know, again, these unconnected steel chairs and I gradually start falling backwards till the point where I nearly end up in the lap of the person behind me thankfully the people who were sitting uh, I think the person behind me probably caught my chair and the person people who sat next to me noticed I was falling back because they noticed my hands just kind of went out and and I was a goner I was in my, I was probably maybe 19 or 20. Oh. I think this, I know, I think it was probably 18 or 19 because this is like my, I think it was my freshman year. Oh. It was, I think it was either my freshman year or my sophomore year. And it was just, I was a goner. Oh. So, oh, that was, uh, yeah, that was royally embarrassing. So I think we answered that one effectively I enough. Think so. And I let's uh, shout out Ryan for that one because that genuinely was a great question. Yes. When I read that one, I thought that's a good one. Now another one um, is from uh, Kevin. I'm I pointing that out because Kevin, you can hear him on uh, previous episodes. Yes. That Kevin. Um, not like there's like a famous Kevin like Cher or Sinatra. Kevin. In honor of your last episode, inspired by Ali the movie, what is your favorite sports movie? And then conversely, what is your favorite biopic? Now, Katie, I know you probably have many sports movies that you love, but I'm going to take this one first. Okay. My favorite sports movie for me, it's a close one, but I'd have to say it's The Natural with uh, Robert Redford. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Just a great um, uh, movie that's based off of a book, though the book ends differently. The movie has a happy ending, hmm. and I like that. But it's a great, um, it feels like a great um, mixture of 
fairy tale in real life of uh, of an extraordinary baseball player that uh, runs into a huge bump in the road in his life and comes back later in life to play baseball and he's a natural. He's great. He just needs somebody to give him a chance. And he's and Robert Redford is just about at his best. He's just terrific in the movie, along with a bunch of other people. Great movie, The Natural. The Natural. Yes. Um, well, can we, I mean... Okay. Sports is a large area. Yeah. It can be any type of sport, and sport is a large arena. The sport of dance. What that's, is, that's what I was going to say. Can we agree that... Dance is athletic? Yes. Because it is. Okay, great. Um, in that case, I would say flash dance, mm-hmm. dirty dancing, mm-hmm. and center stage Oof. are my favorite dance movies. Nice. But sports movies, it would be a league of their own. Well done. Yes. That's Thank a great you. one. You really, you, you just kind of dismissed me immediately thinking that I didn't have an answer. No, I knew you had an answer. I'm just saying. But you are right that my first instinct is to go to dance movies. Because that was such a huge part mm-hmm. of my uh, growing up. Right. Yeah. So, Dirty Dancing and Flash Dance are just... When when Sam and I started to date, <laughs> oh, this Sam, is great! I still remember this Sam, moment. Sam, uh, he watched all three of those dance movies: Flashdance, Dirty Dancing, and Center Stage, um, because it gave him more of an insight as to who I am as a person. Well, to keep the record correct, I didn't see. I haven't seen Flashdance. That's right. Because it was then, Dirty Dancing, and then you watched Center Stage. I watched on your Center own Stage volition. on my own accord because, and I believe my theory is correct. When you watch favorite movies of other people, you understand them better. Yeah. And let me just say to anybody out there who now is like, "Ooh, I'm going to go look into Center Stage because that sounds like it must be a very important and impactful movie." No, it's not. It, 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 I mean, it was. It was for me, but let me just preface it by saying it is a. T- Terrible movie. It is not a good movie. No, it is absolutely terrible with some really great dance moments. That's the thing. And that is the saving grace of the movie, aside from Peter Gallagher's eyebrows. Yeah. Is the dancing, and I'm someone who knows jack squat about dancing. I'm thoroughly impressed by the dancing. It, it's impressive. It's some, it's some great dancing. It's the whole heart of the movie is the, is the dance performances in that. Yeah. In this ridiculous soap opera of, of a, a ballet mo- movie. Yes. Yes. Oh my yep. word. Yep. So, yes. And they're all sort of underdog stories, too. Mm-hmm, because they're all fighting up against something uphill. Yeah. They're not supposed to be great no. at what they do. And they are. Um, but yes, it's like sports movie, in a traditional sports movie sense, A League of Their Own. Yeah. League of Their Own is great. That's just... Great movie. It's great. You know when a movie is great when it's great over a period of time. Yeah, it stands like it's up not to the just test of yeah. Time. It's not just great the year you watched it. No, it holds up. That ending is just so good. It's so good. Oh. And okay, I think we answered the sports biopic question. No, the sports movie question. I'm glad it wasn't sports biopic. That would have been harder. <laughs> <The niche. laughs> that would have been harder. Yeah. Because those aren't done very well. So when you said biopic, 
I'm I'm going into the archives and is it wrong that the most recent one we saw is probably my favorite? Oh, really? Who why am I What's what's the most recent one we saw? Because we hated the one about Queen. Oh yes, that is a good one. Right? Yeah. Rocket Man was great. But I kind of like it feels weird to say because we just saw it, so it just seems wrong. Like it shouldn't be. Because because of the recency bias. It's so recent. It's pretty great though. But it was really good. I liked how they did it because it wasn't traditional. It was like you were watching a musical. Yeah. You could put that on stage and it would be great. Um, and then all that jazz. Uh, yes. Even though he didn't want to admit that it was a biopic. Uh, I mean, like... Come on. Get real. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, which reminds me of... <laughs> if we were talking about biopic miniseries... Like, it's not a biopic, but I am going to have my girlfriend play my girlfriend. And right. <laughs> my daughter play my daughter. Right. Which, right. side note, great miniseries was Fosse Verdon. Yes. Oh, man. That was so good. Yeah. So good. That's out. That's Sam Rockwell. He's mm-hmm. a treasure, and Michelle Williams was surprisingly. You talk. Amazing. You talk about they. This is a stupid phrase where people you talk about acting where the person disappeared into the role, but she totally became a different person. Yeah. The way she talked, the yeah. way she sang. Totally transformation. Yeah. Terrific. Um, so we go from favorite sports movie. It's a biopic. Um, for me, my favorite biopic, bio Bible pick. Did I say Bible pick? I didn't hear that, but okay, good. Say so. I was a, I was afraid I said that. I was like, I don't have a guitar named Bible. <laughs> it's my Bible pick. Ding 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 ding. It became a banjo. Um, my favorite biopic is probably Steve Jobs. Because Michael Fassbender is amazing He's in that great. movie. He's great in everything. He is. He really is. But especially in that movie. And it's just um, it's just a movie about him yelling at people for like two hours. And it's great. It's all just... It's three different sets of uh, three different events in his life that are really important. And just him having these heated conversations before a big event. And the screenplay is written by Aaron Sorkin. And it's just, just incredible. We also uh, know somebody who is in this movie. Yes. Like, you know, not to name drop or anything. But yes, I think we've all heard of the famous actress, uh, Laura Oliver. The Laura Oliver. The Laura Oliver, um, who's in that, in that film, of course. And Which you all know. Which you know. All the listeners. And she's terrific. Um, you know... So we go from the questions that you asked us to the questions we asked you. And Katie, have you seen any of the answers that people have posted? No. Then you're going to love this. The first question was, and after we're done with the audience's answers, we're going to answer them ourselves. Okay. The first question that I asked was, what is the TV show you couldn't live without? I did see Kevin's response to this one. Yes, Kevin responded with the the Kevin. Yeah. Friends. Um, Jason responded with ever Breaking Bad Ooh. or classic Simpsons. Yep. Laura responded with you know, the Laura Oliver. Uh huh. Uh huh. This is us. 
gosh, could could you imagine me watching This Is Us for the entirety of? I, I couldn't get nope. through one season. Nope. I don't have the tears in my body to get through an entire season. Nope. Sam would come home and I would be sitting on the couch sobbing hysterically. Yeah. I I can't. I can't do it. I am too I am too emotionally sensitive. <laughs> yeah. Do you know why I know why you wouldn't be able to do it? Because I'm gonna bring up a, a TV show that will that might cause you to cry right now. Uh oh. Parenthood. No, I can't ah can't do it it's been how many years since you've oh, seen that show it was so and and oh oh my gosh i am gonna cry right now oh it was so good it was just so beautiful <laughs> and i remember coming uh coming over to see you and you i think you were in tears because you you were so sad you just finished it let's just i mean but i'm in tears about a third of the time <laughs> i am I am a strong woman. You're a strong, independent woman. I am very emotionally sensitive. Yes. And, and you know, uh, things make me cry very <laughs> easily. You know, well, when I feel strong emotions. Yes. That's good. That's... Kristen Bell puts it best. Mm-hmm. If I'm not between a three and a seven on the, the emotional scale, I'm in tears. <laughs> I'm guessing your answer is West Wing. Because you know me so well. And the answer is the West Wing. <laughs> um, though it's not fair because you're my wife and you live with me and you know that uh, on any given day... I come home from work. What show am I watching most of the time? He, he's watching the West Wing. And what's kind of mind-boggling about it is that if I were going to be watching West Wing, I would start at the beginning and watch it sequentially through and a lot of times you do that but you can also just choose a random episode yep. and just watch a random episode west yes. wing for anyone who hasn't watched it was on the air for approximately 83 years so there's approximately <laughs> forty-five thousand episodes or, and or seven seasons sam can choose an episode at random you could draw an episode out of a hat put it on he could tell you the name of the episode what season it's in where it falls in the season and contextually what's going on. <laughs> it's, I, it's like a Rain Man kind. It's amazing. I don't know how you could do it, but I I could never just choose a random episode from a show that was on for that long and just watch it without building up to it. Maybe I could start at a random season and rewatch that season, but I don't think I could do that. It's it's just so good. I um, it. it was on for seven seasons. But I especially could remember the first four seasons because those are the Aaron Sorkin years that are really, really good. Um, and I enjoy it because, one thing, it is this amazing liberal fantasy of what Washington, D.C. could be. Mm-hmm. Like all these people working together for mm-hmm. the good of the country. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Imagine it. I mean, a, a, a capital run by smart, intelligent people on both sides of the aisle. Which is the other thing I like about the show is the fact that um, Sorkin not only writes so well from the left perspective, Mm -hmm. but also writes really smart conservative people. And Mm -hmm. that's the best way to really communicate ideas 
and have effective debates is when both sides share the same amount of intelligence. Well, there's this idea that he writes with that anyone who has gotten to this point in their political career is smart. Mm -hmm. So he writes them as smart people. Right. Which makes total sense. I wish the world were that way. If only. Yeah. But yeah, it's a terrific show. I... Okay, so what's yeah. mine? Ooh, see, that's a, that's a little harder. You call your wife. Well, yes, we had <laughs> we had the ceremony and everything. There's You're paperwork. To know me. That this is a tough one, but um, I would have to. It is a close race, but. Okay, you can give two. Will and Grace. Mm. What? Nope. No? I do love Will and Grace. Don't get me wrong. Recent season, great. Okay, okay. Now that you've given me enough time to think. I love it. It's a great show, but like favorite show of all time. But no, the the show you couldn't live without. Mm-hmm. Firefly. Yep, nailed it. Yes, yeah. nailed it. Yeah. So of all time, Firefly. And then also like, I hate that this is an answer, but... I have to be honest that it's also Grey's Anatomy, and I'm kind of disgusted with myself for saying that. I was going to let you say that. I appreciate that. Um, it's terrible and fantastic. I've been with it from episode one. I can't stop now. Oh, because it's already in your veins. I've watched it for since 2005. Why stop now? I think it was, yeah, to end of 2004. No, beginning of 2005. Oh, my word. It was a mid-season replacement. So it's been on for like 14 years. Yeah, and I've watched it the entire... I've watched it every episode. <laughs> when it aired. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that pathetic? No, that's dedication. There are times that, of course, I've missed a week because I was traveling or, right. you know, busy or whatever. But the I've- food poisoning. Watched it, yeah. But I, I watched it as soon as I could. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not gotten better. <laughs> 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 and yet I still watch it. So yeah. it's, it's had such an important part of my life for very close to half of my life. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're right. I've uh, Cuz yeah. I was 17. Mm-hmm. 18, 17. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point is The point is you were a teenager. The point is it's embarrassing and I love it. Is that in your embarrassing moment watching Grey's yeah, Anatomy? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Having watched every episode of Grey's Anatomy. It's a collective Embarrassing moment. Yeah, and there are, and, and I cry. Oh yes, I I have been around for that. Yes. Which shouldn't be surprising to anyone now, right. but it makes me cry yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Firefly, Firefly, is a fantastic show. What is your favorite movie? Which is a tough one. Oof. Kevin, the famous Kevin, says it changes. But right now, it's Princess Bride. Courtney says, The Wizard of Oz. Mm. And biblically, she adds on, It was then. It is now. 
and it will be forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our other famous actress friend that we know, Courtney, who's been on Chance. Mm-hmm. It's been on Buried in the Backyard. Yep. And many other things. My favorite detective. That's right. Speaking of our fam- famous friend, Laura. Laura answered, Steel Magnolias. Ooh. Great. And then Jason T. says, Psycho. Mm. That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. That is uh, that is a classic. Um, that st- I still I don't think I've only seen it once in my entire life, and that movie sticks really? in your head. And things I think I that was a good thing. One of the one of the things to brag about my father is he's a big fan of movies, and he always made sure he always pointed out to me, okay, this is a movie you have to see. Oh yeah. He did that with The Godfather, um, and he did that with Psycho. Oh, good job. Yeah. And it's just so good. I remember being in early high school and watching Psycho with some of my theater friends. And then going to Blockbuster, which was still around. Oh, yeah. And renting a ton of other movies by Hitchcock because I loved it so much. Yeah, that's a good one. The Birds, uh, Rear Window. North by Northwest. Yep, oh, that's right. You do like that one. Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those were all the audience's answers. Her favorite movie, which is a tough one. What would you say is your favorite movie? Do you want me to say what your favorite movie is? Yeah. I believe... Oh, man, we've talked about this before, so I'm going to feel like a bad husband if I get this wrong. (laughs) Singing in the Rain. Yep. Yes! All right, we can all go home. Singing in the Rain and and Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Specifically the original Beauty (laughs) and the Beast animated... (laughs) Not the Emma Watson one. None... Other, but that one with yeah. I have a really big issue with with anyone trying to make Beauty and the Beast. Yes, I like very passionate about this. Well, tell me, tell me, what do you love about the original Beauty and the Beast? Why has it stuck with you for so long? I love that um, it was one of the first Disney princesses who was very smart, independent, nerdy, strong. I mean, they're all, all of the Disney princesses have their, their, their draws, right? They all have something about them that that's why little kids can connect to one in particular because mm-hmm. they all have have their their pros and cons. But Belle is so smart, and I think a lot of the princesses after her became more strong and capable and independent. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So Belle is the main attraction for for you for. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Oh obsessed with Belle and it's it wasn't about love at first sight you know a lot of a lot of the princess stories are right you know they meet a handsome man in the woods you know like 
I love The Little Mermaid, but this is a love. That's a love story based on no conversation had. None whatsoever. No words exchanged. Body language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we can all agree Ursula is the best part of that whole movie. She is. She has the best song. <laughs> but you know, so there's a a story of two people who actually fall in love with each other's personalities Mm -hmm. you know yeah and it's not looks and it's not love at first sight they don't like each other at first sight (laughs) no no they don't um yeah but there's this whole issue of stockholm syndrome (laughs) yeah that is the situation which is why and we've had this conversation why it's so important to show the positive aspects of the beast exactly. and show why she would like him because otherwise yes. she's just just Stockholm, it's just Stockholm syndrome and they're just trapped and she just likes him because she feels sorry for him for some reason it's not even that it's just Stockholm syndrome she's just being held captive and she starts to feel different feelings for her captor so that's that's my issue with anybody making Beauty and the Beast whether it's on stage a new movie, a retelling, whatever it is, in, I think this is one thing that the animated version actually got right, is that you see a reason for her to love him. Mm-hmm. That, you know, they have certain moments, pivotal moments in the movie, where it makes sense that she actually does fall in love with him. And she doesn't really fall in love until that last moment. You know, it's not something that it's just a switch. Instantly, she's in love with him. It's gradual over time, and she eventually falls in love with him. And in a a lot of people asked me what I thought about the Emma Watson (laughs) remake, and they thought that my issue was going to be with the... The the CGI. CGI, yeah. And, And the casting and this and that. And honestly, I I didn't mind the CGI at all. I thought that there was one scene towards the end where all of the, um, all of the people in the castle who thought that they were dying said goodbye to each other. That was really poignant. That wasn't included in the original story, and I had no problem with any of that. The only problem I had was with the fact that she had no reason to fall in love with him. He was kind of a jerk to her throughout the majority of the movie. They changed a lot of the scenes that was in the original that led her to fall in love with him mm-hmm. and didn't replace them with anything that was as important. And uh, so it just felt weird. Like, why does she... Because if, if there's no reason for her to love him, she's just nuts. Yes. <laughs> so it ruins his character and her character and then the whole story. Right, and I remember, wasn't there some sort of, like, time traveling going on? Yeah, and it was I, weird. I didn't even have a problem with that. I didn't... It's like a time traveling book, <laughs> I think, or a globe or something. It was weird. Yeah. I didn't um, even care. It was the the mirror, like, took them to other places. I don't know. It didn't matter. It was just the point that there was no reason to love him. Yeah. Anyway, that was my tangent. I'm sorry. About Beauty and the Beast. And that was like your number two movie. Singing in the other tide, singing in the rain, and Beauty and the Beast are my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Did you want to say anything about Singing in the Rain? Because I feel like. Singing in the Rain. My love for Gene Kelly. <laughs> I'm just glad he's no longer with us. Oh, why? 
He might not be with me. Oh, I wanted. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. He's great. I know. He's so great. He he directed the movie. He choreographed the movie. He starred in the movie. I mean, there's so many fun facts about it. Mm-hmm. Really, give me one fun fact. <laughs> in, there's so many. In singing in the rain, the song. Yes. His suit was made out of wool and it was visibly shrinking on his body as it got wet. (laughs) (laughs) So I think they had to use three different suits to get through the whole thing. He did the whole number in one day of filming. He had such a high fever. He was so sick. He did the whole, the whole number in one day. Wow. Yeah. Um, Donald O'Connor and uh, Make Him Laugh. Mm-hmm. He that is did it great. in like two takes and then had to be hospitalized. <laughs> that is a pretty intense one. I mean, he goes up a wall. Yeah. Yeah. That is um, pretty... I I can understand that. Debbie Reynolds broke her foot during um, Good Morning and finished the number. Wow. And Gene Kelly was such a tyrant, and he... Like, yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, he would just berate her. She was just a young thing. She, like, filmed the movie while commuting from her parents' house. Oh. And uh, he would just berate her for her dancing, saying that she's not a dancer, she doesn't deserve to be in the movie. And she would just go cry and cry and cry. Oh. And then one day, Fred Astaire found her crying. He was visiting the, the set, and he found her crying, and friends with her uh-huh. he gave her a dance lesson told Gene Kelly to lighten up <laughs> See, I don't know if any of these are true but it's it's pretty cool though but it's such a great movie it's cool well thank you um what's your favorite movie mine I do have one but mine is harder to predict because I'm somebody who's actually changed it over the years when I was um, when I was in like high school and college, it was Rocky. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna guess. Yeah. Oh, but just because I happen to have a large Rocky poster. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Then after Rocky, for the longest time, it was actually Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. And only recently have I realized the movie that I want to see more often and more often is American Hustle with Christian Bale, Jeremy Renner, Amy Adams, and Jennifer Lawrence. Which I've still never seen. It is an incredible movie about a true story about how a con man was used by the FBI to uh, investigate what was going on with just the, I think it was, I want to say Atlantic City or New New Jersey, Mm -hmm. and just the uh, graft that was going on there. And it's just fascinating. And just, well, what's great about it, though, is the story's good. Christian Bale is amazing in it. Along with, I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is great. Um, Amy, probably, I think it's probably my favorite Amy Adams performance. She's terrific. She's great. She's terrific in that movie. Um, and it is just an amazing movie, a great soundtrack, a great story. Because it's a grifting movie, but at the heart of it, it is a it's a good grift movie, but at the heart of it, it is a romance between Christian Bale's character and Amy Adams' character. Hmm. 
and the ups and downs that they go through. And the fact that it's a true story makes it even more interesting. So yeah, check out American Hustle. I used to... And come back and uh, wrap up the show and talk about uh, the show itself and uh, what's going to be happening next. And we're back to answer the final question on our list that we asked of you and that we will answer as well. The question was, who was your hero as a child? And then, who is it now? Okay. Daisy, who was your hero? (laughs) Kevin said, as a child, Batman. Daisy, come here. Calm down. Come here. I know. It's very exciting. It is. Okay, come here. Chill out, girlfriend. As an adult, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Ooh. (laughs) That's a good one. That is a good one. Jackson. Friend of the pod who's been... uh, One person I can say who's listened to a variety of different podcasts that I've been on. Jackson, good man. Um, as a kid, Spider-Man. As an adult, still Spider-Man. But also, anyone who can maintain a well-kept and pruned garden. Ooh. That's pretty good. That's a good one. Good one. Courtney, the Wizard of Oz. No. <laughs> as a child, my grandma. Oh. Now, my grandma. Aww. Which is kind of surprising. I didn't think she knew my grandma. Oh, uh, but, um... Oh, her grandma. Her okay. grandma. Oh, that makes more sense. Where she got her face from. I'm not going to follow that up with the weird jokes that don't belong. She, she, no. It's weird, it's like in a face-off situation. <laughs> no. Nicholas Cage and John Travolta. I mean, like, face. genetically she is her grandma's mini-me. Uh, and it's cute. That is cute. Yes. She also writes in a same biblical fashion. And yes, I realize I am a cheese ball. She is. Mm-hmm. One of the things we love about her. Mm-hmm. She's made of cheese. How can you not like cheese? Um, famous actress Laura says, as a kid, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Now, Helen Mirren. Good answers. Mm-hmm. Jason, as a kid, Peter Parker. Now, Groucho Marx. Say the magic word and the ducks come down. <laughs> Greg, as a child, Mickey Mouse. Now, President Jimmy Carter. Hmm. Jimmy Carter, good job on the post-presidency uh, job of still sticking with it and the, being a public servant. Building houses and everything. Good on you, Jimmy. And then Ryan answered, Then, Brett Favre, now, anyone who has the guts to stand up for the oppressed. Yeah. So as soon as Brett Favre does that, you know, that's Ryan's America. (laughs) So, the question turns to us. Who... Your fav- who was your hero as a child and who is it now? 
Well, as a child, like, small child. What kind of child were you? Were you a small child? I mean, or, you know, young adult. Whichever, whichever would garners the image of having a hero. As a, as a small child before I was reading mm-hmm. Belle. Okay. Once I started to love to read Joe from Little Women. Mm-hmm. Then once I started to do theater, Adina Menzel. Ah, Adele Dazeem. <laughs> the multi-talented. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's pretty great. Yeah, triple threat Adele Dazeem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's pretty great. Um, yeah. And then now I'm, I'm just completely inspired by all of the strong, incredible women in the last few years to to take a stand for what they believe in, whether it's through the Me Too movement, Time's Up movement, um, all of the women in politics now, mm-hmm. that I, it's, I would not be able to choose one. It's just women, all of the women. Marianne Williamson, years. she one of your heroes? I believe that we do have to fight evil with love. Mm-hmm. Even the dark psychic forces that are coming at us? I have been charging my crystals in the full moon, and I'm ready to. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think that there's a lot to, to laugh about with right. her because she is quite a character, but there are also a few things that she's said that have made a lot of sense, and I wish that somebody who was a little bit less of a character had said them. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, she has some some good stuff, and then she just goes off to the moon. Yeah, but I don't want to take this time to discredit women when my hero are all of the strong, empowered women. Mm Mm-hmm, very true. For me, and you, you could probably guess who's my childhood hero. Your childhood hero? Childhood I don't hero. have to guess. I know your childhood hero. <laughs> oh, oh, who's my childhood hero? Superman. Uh, yes, you are correct. <laughs> no. And anyone who knew me as a child... Not knew... your hero. That's who you wanted to be. When, yes. When that's... I've asked you, what did you want to be when you grew up? It was Superman. For a long stretch of time, which making making him my hero. Yeah, of course. Um, I, for a long period of, of my life, wore, uh, my childhood, uh, wore a Superman cape everywhere I went. I believe that. I want to see the pictures. I want the cape. And you can talk to, I know Meredith remembers it. Uh, My sister Meredith remembers it very well. Um, Yeah, I would have like my school jacket and then I'd have my Superman cape underneath. And yeah, I wore that everywhere because I wanted to be Superman. Mm -hmm. It was terrific. I mean, truth, justice, the American way, all that great stuff. He could do anything. Beats the bad guys, helps... Helps the downtrodden, rescues people. It's great. Unrequited love. (laughs) Don't, all depends on which one you read. Uh Uh-huh. Because they do eventually, him and Lois do eventually get married. Yep. So, um, as an adult, that is, again, for me, multiple people. Um, as a podcaster, my hero would be Malcolm Gladwell. He's kind of the person I try to... Um, emulate, um, or at least that's the target I'm shooting for. Mm-hmm. He's just very a very interesting guy with um, 
an interesting perspective on things and talks talks about interesting topics in a way I don't hear anyone else talk about and kind of takes an interesting angle at them. And I don't actually many times agree with him, but I like but I still find him interesting. Um another hero for me as an adult as I'm growing older is my dad. Hmm. Uh somebody that as I've gotten older you realize you know, with age um how much your parents have put up with. Yeah. And how much one deals with in life to become someone in this life that is steady and respectable and also manages to be kind and have a sense of humor about things. Which is really hard to do. Because mm. life throws a lot at you. Mm-hmm. And my dad is one of those people who's managed to keep a good head on his shoulders um, to be a, a good, respectable person, but also have the best sense of humor in the room. Mm-hmm. He never takes himself too seriously, which is another thing that pe- a lot of good, hardworking people do. They'll let you know they've worked really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And then they'll say, yeah, I did. And then walk out of the room. Yeah, your dad's pretty great. He is pretty great. And uh, my other hero in my life would be you. Oh, well, shucks. And I do mean that because it's part of what uh, drew me to you because you're a terrific uh, independent person. And I just love how you go about each day, how uh, goal-oriented you are, um, how you deal with multiple types of people and can deal with them so well and you adapt to different situations so well oh. and that's uh, one one of many characteristics I like about you that I wish I had oh. so that's very sweet yeah thanks well I'm glad you see all that in me sometimes I don't see that in myself so that's very sweet that you see that in me yeah thank you oh, oh I love you <laughs> let's get married okay so that was our final question that we asked the audience. Um, actually, I did. Now I have to backtrack because I did ask the audience also in the area of topics for the podcast. Yeah, what they want to hear. You know, what would they like to hear more of? Mm-hmm. And I asked whether it would be the area politics, of politics, religion, religion or sports slash entertainment. Wait, so were those four different things or were they grouped? Three different things. Politics is one thing, religion was another thing, and then sports slash religion. Entertainment. Sport, yeah, sports. The religion of sports. I understand you really want to talk about religion. <laughs> it's something I believe in. <laughs> I know. I believe in basketball. Uh-huh. Um, sports slash entertainment. Okay. And what were the results? The results were everybody wants everything. Ah. Um, there was Equally divided? On Twitter, I put, when I put the poll up... I got two votes, one for politics, one for sports and entertainment. When I put it up on Facebook, there was, um, again, it was mostly, uh, there was a lot of politics and then a few sports and entertainment. Um, I think on Instagram was sports and entertainment. So I think sports and entertainment barely edged out the others, but there was, but after, you know, like sports and entertainment was on Instagram, but then on Facebook, I got people wanting to hear about the Epstein conspiracy. 
and the Hong Kong Revolution. Mm. Omar Talib, uh, Omar and uh, Talib out of Israel. Um, uh, this was actually I actually liked this suggestion. Um, animal rights and an end to the unethical treatment of the animals we share this planet with. That actually I like because in general, the back and forth of the Democrats fighting each other is something that everybody already has covered. Whereas I could see myself covering an episode or two if I can find an interesting story about animal rights. I could see that. And I don't think that's something that everybody covers. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty good. I mean, you know I'm passionate about that. Right. And you've helped me kind of look a little bit deeper into that issue mm-hmm. and to see kind of the details about that that I definitely uh, agree with. Good. Yeah. And I hope uh, instilled a love of tofu. <laughs> I have... I <laughs> I have more of a uh, tolerant attitude toward tofu than I used to have. Oh, good. And then the last suggestion again, all, all politics. Um, talk about Saul Alinsky and his rules for order and his two-star students, Obama and Hillary Clinton. This goes on. He mapped out a plan to destroy America and the Democrats. Have been implementing the plan for 20 years now. So... Again, I understand the passion mm-hmm. and the desire to hear that type of stuff, but, and these folks who like that type of stuff, there is that out there. And I understand if you're in that mindset and that, that the tug of war between the Democrats and the Republicans is something that fascinates you, you already have that already. Mm-hmm. You already have a lot of it. Because I understand that this podcast is only a small speck in the mosaic that is what people listen to and consume. Mm -hmm. And I think in that area of consumption, I think areas that are just plainly the Democrats and the Republicans fighting each other, that is, I think, a galaxy that is just covered. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like that's a need unless only, again... It's a story-driven podcast. The story would have to be pretty compelling. And I'd have to find a... There'd have to be a point to it. Which is the other thing I try to shoot for. Interesting stories that also apply to everyday life and try to look at things from not just a polarized perspective. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you know how I feel that there's so much... There's... There are so many polarizing stories and sources and mm-hmm. and so much about fighting and differences and othering and mm-hmm. and and all of that and what the world really needs is more unity and hearing each other's side of the story and right. as non biased and as loving and caring about each other as possible. Right. I so. think yeah. And I think part of the failure is and actually am going to get into politics not in the coming series though I was planning on doing that I was actually planning on leaning hard into politics in the next series and I have some I think some good ideas and some issues that I want to focus on that I've talked to you about Mm -hmm. Um, but part of actually the story of the poll showed me that 
there's a variety of things that people want to hear about uh, that are willing to hear about um, there was also people that told me to stick to things that I find interesting which I'll always do I th- yeah I think that's the most important part is that we like to listen to your podcast because you have a, a, a passion about the story you're telling and you have a point of view and a perspective and and that's what makes it interesting to listen to Right, and so I am going to stick with the stuff that does find me inter- I find interesting, no matter what. Even if it does, if it falls into the area of politics, which there are areas which I do find passionate. But it was interesting how some of the responses <laughs> were definitely politics, and then there were some folks who were completely fed up with politics and religion, and kind of the that kind of those tough areas that people talk about. That really... it's hard to talk about. Politics and religion is mm-hmm. something that we've been taught uh, when it comes to being polite. Right. That it's not something that you talk about. No. Though I don't think we should shy away from those things simply because it's impolite. But I don't think we should talk about those things simply to talk about them. There's got to be a point. Exactly. There's got to be, first of all, an interesting story. And there's got to be a non-polarizing application to which we can all see something. So what are you going to do? What I'm going to do is interesting is it actually came to me in the area of what I'm what I am interested in. And the combination of the words sports entertainment. Mm. My next three podcasts are going to be talking about professional wrestling. <laughs> but not just professional wrestling. I'm going to be giving you three different stories. Me? Ab- you, the audience, <laughs> because that's how good pos- podcasting is done, uh, from what I've heard, is actually to speak to one individual, because that's really how it is. People don't talk to a new group. Uh, so I am going to give you, the audience member, three different stories from professional wrestling, but it's not just going to be about professional wrestling. It's going to be lessons that we learn from professional wrestling. So we're going to be talking about famous matches, the the behind-the-scenes events, and also, what do we learn from it? Hmm. So that's what we're going to be doing next time. So I hope everyone looks forward to that. Um, There may be be a slight delay in the production of that episode, since it's kind of a, a shift in my plans. But I'm hoping to be able to get that done uh, fairly soon on schedule, but uh, but because the first episode is actually going to require me talking to multiple people, um, it may take a little bit more time than, than usual. But I tell you, once I do land it, I think it's going to be the start of a very interesting series that I think you'll enjoy, even if you're not interested in professional wrestling. Well, Katie, is there anything else you'd like to say? Any questions you have for me? Who was your favorite professional wrestler in the 90s? In the 90s? Ooh, good one. That is a good one. Um, ooh, in the 90s actually still would fall under my childhood. Um, because it's kind of a little thing where when I was a kid, mm-hmm. when I truly believed that this was real, mm-hmm. and I was worried about the guy I was rooting for, and he was got hurt and I remember this as clear as day 
I was really worried that Hulk Hogan had hurt his back. <laughs> I was worried. Like, maybe he won't come back next Saturday. Uh, he, he might not. He was so great. Hulk Hogan was my favorite pro wrestler as a kid. I thought he was terrific. Yeah. And I didn't know why, but I've actually listened to an interview of his recently, and the reason why he got on was because he knew how to sell. He knew how to get you invested, mm-hmm. which is why I like professional wrestling. I appreciate it now as an adult mm-hmm. because it is the most amazing piece of athletic theater that you'll see. Yeah. These are large, bulky guys that are putting on a show that they're improvising in front of millions of people. And I really appreciate that. And as a kid, Hulk Hogan got really good because he was able to make you care. Daisy agrees. Daisy's yeah. a fan of The Rock. Yeah, and he The Rock. She smells what The Rock is cooking. I tell you, when I got older and got back into wrestling, it was definitely The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's Daisy telling us we should wrap it up. Yes. And we appreciate everyone for listening. And until next time, that's, that's our story, story. <laughs> and, and we're, we're sticking, sticking to, to it. it.